Academy episode 24. Right. You don't trust me to do the job. And I said, no, I, I do trust you. The problem is you're, you're human and you make mistakes. Right. And then the other thing was my service writers. We don't have time. Well, mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you this. You're going to make time because every service writer, you sit at the front desk. And, and Joe and I know, Frank, both we've all had this experience. You're sitting at the front desk. That customer walks out, get in their car, and then they walk back in. They're not walking in to say thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Right? <laughs> yeah. They're walking in because you have a problem. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome, aftermarketers, to the audio podcast of the Town Hall Academy video on quality control, why it matters for retention and reputation. Carm Capriato here. The Academy episode is sponsored by Jasper Engines and Transmissions. Here's another reason to choose Jasper. It's their commitment to continuous improvement. Their investment in research and development, product updates, and remanufacturing processes means Jasper provides the perfect product. Find the talking points for this Academy episode at remarkableresults.biz slash A024. There you'll find bios on my guests with options to listen to the audio podcast or watch the video. Hey, I'm glad you're excited about having the Academy lessons in podcast form. There's so much great content here in this digital audio broadcast. Not all of us have the time to watch a video screen because we're on the move. So you can enjoy the wisdom put forth from your industry colleagues right here on the Academy podcasts. These lessons originate live on Facebook every Friday at 12 noon Eastern and on my webinar platform. Just go to remarkableresults.biz slash townhall for all the links. By the way, thanks for listening. Wherever you listen, I'd appreciate you subscribing to the app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Spreaker, and others. Please subscribe. That way you get the latest episode when released right to your smart device. And if you have my iOS or Android app, you'll find the Academy episodes there also. I'm glad I can inspire an industry with such great content paid forward by your industry colleagues. Let me know what subjects you'd like covered. Email me at karm at remarkableresults.biz. Now, because the content is so rich with ideas and stories of success, please use the search feature and the tag cloud on my website to find your specific area of interest. Ready to catch the wave on quality control? Our panel says there is always time to do QC, that QC helps to measure and hold your processes accountable, and it builds a bank account of trust with your customer. Now listen to Chris Clodier, co-owner of Golden Rule Auto Care in Dallas, Texas. He spent many years in the software industry developing solutions for companies like Southwest Airlines and Wyndham International. He's worked for companies that effectively understood the marriage of service and software. Chris has his ASE C1 Automobile Service Consultant certification, and he's offered a download. For getting started with QC, see the show notes page, remarkableresults.biz slash A023. Also, Frank Skandura is with us from Frank's European in Las Vegas, Nevada. After years writing service for Mercedes, he opened Frank's European service in the northwest part of Las Vegas, and he's partnered with his wife, Deborah. Frank also shares his business acumen and offers insights and trends on leadership as a business coach. And also Joe Hansen, he's the manager of his father's business, Gordy's Garage, for the past 10 years plus. Joe has attended Management Success, Napa Training, and Lawrence Tech University, among others. He has earned his ASEC1 Automobile Service Certification. 
You can see in-depth bios and additional information on the show notes page, remarkableresults.biz slash A023. Now enjoy this motivating and spirited Town Hall Academy on quality control, why it matters for retention and reputation. Welcome, everyone, to another Town Hall Academy live. It's Friday at 12 noon. We do it every Friday, and we're on Facebook Live. And we're here to talk about quality controls, why it matters to reputation and retention of our customers. We're going to attempt to define what QC is, why it's important, how it improves your business, and that quality control is not just about a test drive and how it sets quality standards in your business and so much more. So, Chris, the first question goes to you. Give me a good definition of quality control. Here's one thing I know about shops. We all fix cars. We all fix it differently, right? We all have different processes and how we get around to fixing those cars. What is quality control? To my shop, it's making sure that we look at that car after it's been touched by us, right? And we have a checklist we go through. We have several different things that, that in our process to make sure to guarantee that that car came out better than it came in, right? And even if we didn't touch the car, we want to still make sure that we didn't do something to affect in a negative, you know, in a negative way, right? That that car is once again going out in, in a negative way versus a positive way. So quality control for me, right, is just that making sure that the end product, not the the write up, not the the servicing, but when the car is complete, making sure that it's absolutely one hundred percent complete and it's going to get back to a customer in better condition than when it came into your shop. Really, Frank, we're trying to exceed customer expectations, right? Yes, you know, and, and we have a sign, a couple of them in our shop. It's four bullet points. You didn't fix it is number one. You fixed it, but you didn't fix it right is number two. You fixed it right, but that's all you did. And then number four is you fixed it beyond the customer's expectations, right? So, and this is in the shop and in different various areas. So the techs can glance at it from time to time and be reminded. And while quality is that very, very last step, we always think of that quality control. We actually start at write up. How does that quality start at write up? And I'm amazed at how many shops where the technique where the service advisor never gets up out of his chair never verifies mileage, never takes a quick glance at the condition of the car, and never makes uh, recommendations based on that interaction. Quick walk around, dents, scratches, bumps are all part of that initial. I'm trying to give, and and like what you just said was, that car's got to be better after it leaves than it came in, no matter what we do. So it's an entire process that for me is start to finish. What went through my mind when you were just speaking that, Frank, was ownership. You're saying if the service writer, advisor, manager doesn't want to get up, that really, it's almost like, you know, speak to the hand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like, what do you want? Oh, I'll change. Okay, get out of here. I'll call you sometime. You know, it's, so it's part of, so quality control is truly, if you really break it down and, and, and it's not misunderstand, I have a QC process that's digital, that's specific, that's a deliberate technician for that final touch. But controlling quality, it starts honestly from your website to your follow-up. Joe, agree with that? I do. Actually, I was going to just piggyback on that. I, I was thinking about the, the, the topic and, and quality control does start it's not just about the car. Matter of fact, it's all the things that happen prior to that car pulling in the bay that make the quality control happen, that make it quality, right? Like Frank said, from the phone call to the website, I mean, 
even on the phone, if we ask the correct questions, we can get the correct information, which in the end affects diagnosis, which affects us fixing it right the first time and the quality. So, so just like Frank said, it, it's, it's bigger. It's more than just fixing the car. It's a whole process. If your customer has a vehicle they like, they shouldn't have to get rid of it because the engine, transmission, or differential failed. You know, because you and your customer know the vehicle maintenance, there's no reason they can't keep it on the road. Depreciation, license, insurance, interest, add them all up and they'll probably total more than it would cost to install a remanufactured product from Jasper Engines and Transmissions. Personal finances only go so far. Daily living expenses, college for the kids, and, as we all hope, retirement. So before your customer rushes out to buy a new or a newer used vehicle because their engine or transmission has failed, contact Jasper and find out how a remanufactured product from Jasper Engines and Transmissions can extend the life of your customer's present vehicle for an amount much less than the higher expenses that come with a vehicle trade. Give their vehicle a new lease on life with Jasper. Is it about really creating differentiation? And why I say that, Chris and Frank, I know you're out there. You're seeing shops. You're talking to guys all the time. And Joe, I know you have a heck of a network. Do shop owners appreciate that this really sets you apart? I, I look at this you know, discussion about quality after it's done, right? I, I think that if everybody does their job, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing, right? If your, your technician does his job, he's going to fix the car, right? What, what concerns me is after he fixes the car, he's, his mindset is to just fix the car, right? He's not thinking about potential things that he may have done in the process, like leave a grease smudge on the wheel or on the dash, or he might not think about the, the, ch- the chair adjustment or turning up the radio, or he might not think about that tool that he left in the, in the car. He's just focused on that fix, right? So I'm looking at quality control as we're talking in this discussion after the fact, right? When you get it done and everybody is supposed to done what they've done, what kind of quality control process do you have to make sure you're mitigating right? These issues that plague us all as owners, right? I mean, how many times, and Frank can probably agree and Joe will agree with me, how many times do you do an oil change and that sticker's missing in the windshield? That's one of the biggest complaints I hear about shop owners. Stickers missing in the windshield and lights not getting reset, right? I guess I'm more focused on that after. What is that quality control process are we doing to engage that customer's car after all of the pieces in the, in the, in the cog should be working, but that end product that we're delivering back to that customer? Techs do a great job, but don't rely on them for, if you will, uh, the finished product. Part of that process, which, like I said, we have a very, very detailed process. It's not just enough to discover that sticker is missing. And it's not just enough to discover that smudge print and go, oh, good, I've solved this problem so I don't disappoint the customer. We need to hold those people accountable, too. Absolutely. And, and, And that's where a lot of shop owners really, really struggle. They are so terrified that that guy is producing 50 or 60 or 65 hours a week. If I hold him accountable and he quits, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. And the truth is you're not going to die because that guy's probably trouble anyway. And he's probably a kind of a, a black cloud for the shop. So it truly is. It's a great way to identify those problems before they leave. Number one, the majority of your customers will not tell you they're disappointed. They'll just stop coming. And then you've got those handful of guys who will just blow up Yelp and everybody else because, you know, the radio was on a different station. Chris, you keep track of all these deficiencies and then you have them in your meetings and you work together to get better. 
Yeah. So just what Frank said, I agree. Um, I mean, with anything that we do, right? What do they say? You, you can't you can't manage what you can't measure, right? Right on. So if you're not measuring your quality control issues, like Frank said, we had a guy we we called him Pigpen. Not going to give his real name, <laughs> but after 30 minutes of being in the shop, the guy's covered in grease from head to toe. Right? 30 minutes. Well, we were able to track back that he was leaving lots of grease smudges in the car. So he was washing his hands because he goes, guys, I'm washing my hands. And we said, well, you got to wash your elbows. You got to wash, you know, you need to go take a shower before you get in this customer's car. Right? So like Frank said, we're able to track it. We're able to mark it. And then we're able to go back and hold those people accountable. And I absolutely agree and hold them accountable. If you have nothing to measure them against, though, how are you going to hold them accountable? And, you, and, and here's what happens, right? So you get the 15th time a car came in with the uh, oil change sticker wasn't there or a smudge on it, and you lose your mind. You get everybody together. You don't have a shop meeting. You have a shop beating, yes. and then it does nothing for morale. So if you guys aren't holding regular meetings, shame on you. And yes. So I, I just want to jump in on that, too. And when you're talking about quality control and, and after the car's fixed and the uh, you know, there's different people that will do the quality control check, right? It'd be maybe me, maybe, maybe my dad, maybe, maybe another tech will take another tech car for a ride, or maybe uh, the service advisors will do it. So it's important that the culture's right too, because sometimes if, if they're afraid to bring something up because they think they're going to offend another uh, employee or teammate in the, in the shop, or they're going to, or, or that maybe, maybe even us as owners sometimes will, see that missing sticker and we got to make sure we handle that the correct way right we can't use emotion yeah. on that because then they're right. never gonna nobody's ever gonna be they're gonna be walking on eggshells right and it's not going to be a happy environment so so um so with that we we just make sure that everybody in our shop knows that it, this is not about you right it's this is not personal this is not about uh how it's this is not about me picking on you this is about properly serving our customers this is all about what our customer is going to say when they leave what are they going to write on Facebook? What are they going to write on Google? Who are they going to send to us, if anybody? So it's just so important that we have the right culture so that everybody's on the same page, that they know that quality is for the customer. It's not about you. If you get corrected, that's a beautiful thing because then we can correct our process to, in the end, create our, uh, improve our quality. I, I agree. And, and holding accountable, and this is a Toyota philosophy, right? Lean, and I know you did a, a lean show, Carmen. I apologize that I didn't go on it. But, you know, the whole process, process with Toyota is they, they celebrate whenever they find issues, right? Yes. It's a celebration. <clears throat> and, and so it's funny in my shop, and, and we measure this, and we want to stay around 10% or less of our quality control issues. So when we go over 16%, right, like Frank said, I want to do the beatings. And Joe said, I, I want to do the beatings. That's my natural instinct. But I, I want to encourage my guys that, hey, this is good, right, that we're finding these issues. But there still needs to be. Uh, uh, let's work together to get them back down. And and my guys, of course, they'll joke when we go high as seventeen percent. They'll say, "Well, hey, Chris, isn't that good? Right? Shouldn't we be celebrating all these issues we're finding?" So they'll throw it in my face. But but ultimately, right? We want to make sure that everybody is. And and like Joe said, I absolutely agree. One of the biggest pushbacks that I got from my guys when I implemented this process a couple of years ago was one my technician said, "You don't trust me." Right. You don't trust me to do the job. And I said, no, I, I do trust you. The problem is you're, you're human and you make mistakes. Right. And then the other thing was my service writers. We don't have time. Well, mm -hmm. I, I'll tell you this. You're going to make time because because every service writer, you sit at the front desk. And, and Joe, and I know, Frank, both. We've all had this experience. You're sitting at the front desk. That customer walks out, get in their car. 
and then they walk back in, they're not walking in to say thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Right? <laughs> yeah. They're walking in because you have a problem. So having that service manager or service writer go out and look at that issue, right, and, and document that issue, right, <clears throat> and then celebrate them or talk about them in a meeting and make sure you're pointing out and finding out who's the culprits, right? And then, you know, working as a team, right? This is for the customer. This is for your experience. I agree with what you guys are saying. Who does QC in the company? Joe, you mentioned it. Maybe you, maybe the service advisor. Do you have a standalone person, Chris? I've tried standalone people before. It tends to me they don't look at the issues that they should look for. They, they tend to allow a lot of things to go by that they shouldn't allow to go by. Because once again, a service writer or a service manager you know, the, most service writers and service managers could be technicians. I mean, they have a you know pretty decent knowledge of what just happened on the repair mm-hmm. end, and they know what how to validate that repair, and they also once again know what it feels like to deal with the customer. The problem is the technician's twice removed, <clears throat> right? He, he's not he's not really talking to the, te- the to the customer, so he's not really worried about that grease mark or that light not getting reset or him accidentally leaving a rag in the engine compartment. But that service writer absolutely is because they're hearing about it, right? They're they're the face of that company. They're the reputation. So that's why I like my service writers and service managers to share in that duty, right? Because of the culpability that they have to do, you know, deal with with the customer. I made a mistake in that process. We used to have our porters test drive cars, for that final, final test technician, you drive the car, you make sure it's okay. And we drive cycle every car, for example. We do not leave a car uh, out of our shop unless it's absolutely impossible to make uh, to make sure all of the parameters are reset for the check engine light. Because how many of us know it's not uncommon to fix the O2 sensor and all of a sudden the air injection code comes up because the O2 sensor has been bad for two years, right? So we drive cycle every car, and I had one of my service valets driving a car to reset the parameters, and I get a phone call, the car stalled, and we get it towed in, and it didn't stall. It broke a radiator hose. He didn't realize the car was overheating. He destroyed the engine. Frank bought the engine, and that's when I realized I have to have experience behind a wheel. We've hired a dedicated tech who has experience as a technician who does nothing but the QCs. And because he's the guy, and, and it's amazing how different it is. I felt the vibration. I felt the clunk. I think I hear a noise. Then he goes back and he looks at the original tech notes and he goes, oh, good. It was noted. Big difference. We had a, a, a an academy on concierge service. And anyone who's watching this needs to go back, uh, go to my website, type in concierge in the search bar, find it and watch or listen to that. It's going to piggyback with what we're doing in here. And we, we did talk QC at the time. So I'm hearing you guys say, boy, reputation. I'm hearing you say retention. And it's almost like you're buying that with a good QC. You know, when you talk about reputation and, and loyalty, right? I, I, I sometimes, you know, it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you almost build up a, a bank account of trust with your customer. So they've been there 10 times and you fixed it right, you know, 10 times. And then there's that one time that something doesn't go right, whatever it might be. And then they come back in and, and they're, they're not so unhappy with you because they know that this is, Hey, this, I've been here many times and I've had it happen. I've been here so many times. This is the first time I've ever had a problem. Here's the keys. Let me know when it's ready. And they're, and they're great. They're, there's no issue, but it's that first time customer yeah. that if you mess yeah. that up, it's it, it sometimes then it can be showtime. So so doing the, the, the quality, having a quality control process in place allows us to build up that trust factor with that customer. And uh, long term, it, 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 it pans out because eventually 
it's going to happen. The oil change sticker is going to get missed. The light's not going to be reset. Something's not going to, a part fails that they think we made and put on the car and we didn't. So, so it's important that, you know, we build that, that bank account of their trust with our quality. I would like to go a little deeper in how do you really create and define a good QC process? Is it as easy as sitting down with the team? Is it all logic-based? It it, it doesn't seem hard. Chris, I watched your three-minute video that you have up online, and it shows one of your guys going through a QC on an oil change. just doesn't seem like it's a hard thing to do. So going back to your concierge service, love Jeremy, uh, watched it right, I mean, good, and I think it was... uh, uh, Bruce, who went off on QC, and he, and he made a great statement on, on, on QC. So, yeah, it, it's, it's not hard. We actually use it as a competitive advantage, right? So, so we tell our customers, right? It's on our website. We quality control your car. We're the only shop around who quality control your car. You want to walk out with us? We'll take you out there, and we'll show you what we're checking. We have a checklist, right, that gets checked every time on every car. You know, like Frank said, we're a digital shop, so we have a, you know, we, we go in that direction, right? So we can archive it. So once again, we can report on it. But definitely having that checklist, right? Determining what you're going to QC. Are you going to QC every car? And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a good story about when we started this. We said, well, we're only going to QC cars that that we we touched, right? Um, that we did work on. We're not going to worry about the ones that come in our bays that we don't do any work on, that don't spend any money. Well, sure enough, that bit us because yep. one of the cars go out with a technician, right? We didn't look at it, right? Because I'm like, we don't need to QC it. Sure enough, what happens? Because we didn't look at it, the technician, the, the actual hood was being kept down, tied down with a rope, right? We didn't go look at it because that customer, we're going to spend any money on it. Technician did. Yeah. So guess what happened? We ended up buying uh, a new hood, yeah. right? I mean, it cost us more money to not take that couple minutes to go out there. So now we go QC every car that comes in our bay, right? And then we also do drive time. Um, like Frank says, now, now, if we just did an oil change, we're not going to go drive it. We know it takes five to seven minutes for us to go out and go walk around a car. If it's if it's something that we just started up, we crank it up, we get the you know picture of the dash, we make sure we check all the things. If there's something that's important about drive, that we did anything drivability, then yes, our people are responsible for going out, taking that on a drive. We know that takes 12 to 15 minutes, right, to go take that quick drive, right? I can't tell you how many things that we've gotten in front of before the customer. I mean, once again, my shop runs about a 12% QC rate. And go as high as 20, it goes as low as six. That means two out of every 10 cars that come out of my bay or one to one and a half come out of my bay, there's something we're finding. Now, back when I first started this process, it was as high as eight cars that were coming out. When I first showed my shop, when they said, we can't do this, and I QC'd for two days solid, 80% of my cars had issues, right? And I went back to my team and I said, is this the golden rule, right? This is, this is our shop. Is this the golden rule? Is this what we live by? And they said, absolutely not. So, you know, defining that, what, how many cars, what kind of cars you're going to QC, what type of checklist that you're going to do, having that monthly meeting, right, to discuss and hold these guys accountable for these issues that you're finding. And we take it a step further and we do every single car also, even oil changes, and they may not get a long test drive, but it never fails. And this is something to think about. That guy brings that car in for an oil change and has a problem that he either forgot about or is afraid to tell you about, or he thinks that you're going to find it on the oil change because I'm afraid if I tell you too much up front, you're going to make me throw up in my mouth with this big bill. And, and the discovery is enormous. Our repair orders default automatically as soon as the ticket's written. The very first line is perform digital inspection pictures included. The very next line is perform quality control inspection. Then what the car came in for follows that. So when the te- uh, re- uh, invoice is reviewed, right, because if you don't review the invoice, the company says, I didn't know you're going to charge me to look at that. 
this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And look, it's only $242.79. Your signature right here gets me started. And it sets the stage. And I'm a big proponent of setting customer expectations from the time the phone rings until they've left, right? Because if you don't, if we don't set the expectations on our terms, we're going to have to live up to the expectations on their terms. And that's where we buy hoods. That's where we buy wheel repairs. That's where we buy oil leak repairs. I guess I've been uh, involved in having a, a wheel come off my car. I've been involved with the oil change that was just done uh, with the cap being off and my daughter's car. And I'm in kind of in the business, you know. <laughs> it's so interesting. Obviously, there wasn't any QC going on at the place I was going to. And these all are so important, critically important QC, can it be brought to other areas of the business, not just in, in, the, in the vehicle, the customer's car? Everybody watching and everybody in this process, in this interview right now, knows there are a lot of shops that do a good job fixing cars. That is not enough anymore. Okay, If we want to retain customers and we want customers for life, we need to set ourselves apart. We need to be different. We need to look different. We need to smell different, right? We can't have an environment where a customer walks in and their eyes start to water because the car is running and the doors are open and we're getting all these fumes in the waiting room. We can't be that place anymore. People are different. The expectations of the consumers based on the information they're finding online, good, bad, or otherwise, because we all know Mother Google would never lie. We need to set ourselves apart. And it starts with processes and and it's not just enough to have a process, right? Because I've had processes for years on paper. It's got to be digital so that we can measure. You can't fix what you can't measure. Chris, I'm sure you would jump in and agree 100%. Amen. Amen. I agree. And, and, may, and not to go digital because, Carm, we promised we wouldn't. But having things digital certainly helps in the process of accountability, getting your numbers. I know that I, I was in my shop when I was having to go through paper. And, and, and it's just so much faster when you got your numbers right there, you know, and, you can make those decisions much faster off that data that you're getting in real time. Just to be totally transparent with everyone and to explain why Chris just said we're not supposed to talk about digital, and I was, and I was prepared for this, both Chris and Frank are, are very involved in, in some DVI software, and we just you know, want to make this open and, and evolve. But yeah, to me, and that's I was sitting here on the sidelines saying, well, DVI has got to really make this... Uh, it's almost like the evolution of the digital, you know, there, ne there almost needs to be a, a DQI, <laughs> you know. And, let's, and it's not about a specific product. It's about a specific process. Um, I would challenge anybody to read a book called The uh, Checklist Manifesto. Absolutely amazing. And it's, and it's based on a medical field and how they solved so many medical problems by having a checklist. And I had gallbladder surgery. And the very first thing I said before they put me under is, where's your checklist? Because the checklist manifesto was on the wall in the operating room, ask these questions like five or six questions. And I said, you're not putting me under until I see your checklist, because that's what prevents little things like did you have the right amount of blood in case there's an emergency? Do you have this? Is this the right person? Is this the right procedure? What are their allergies? Asking all these questions. That's what we're talking about, right? So you've got to have a process where you have a way to check it, check it, check it, check it. It's consistent and measurable. The industry's good at fixing cars. I mean, there, there are thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of shops out there. We all fix cars, right? 
But I think, like you said, in the concierge, you know, uh, uh, concierge episode that you had and, and what Frank just said, right? Here's a way that you can show that your shop is not just like the other shop. You, you are checking that car. You have that checklist. You can just like the shop supply thing that went around forever. This is why we charge for shop supplies because here's all the things. Here's what we're doing to your car after it's fixed. Here's the checklist of things that we're going. We're going above and beyond to deliver this car better than it came in. And, and you know, um, we might go, you know, wipe down some prints that were left by the customer on there, right? right? Dog I prints? Mean, yeah. I mean, we might absolutely make it better, but we're going to make sure that at least we're making the things that we did much better. We're talking about keeping customers happy. So talk to us about the ROI piece, Chris. Yeah, I'm going to go and, and, and riff on Jasper real quick. And I read your, you went to Jasper. It is an amazing place. Now they are a quality control company, right? They are a lean company and they believe very strongly. I mean, from the steps that their guys take to the tools that they lay out. And that's one of the reasons I love Jasper to continue on your plug there. But they're a fantastic, fantastic QC company. Fantastic. All right. So ROI. So I, I agree with what Joe was saying that, you know, you build that, that, that bank, right? Another thing is, is, is one of the other statistics I like to throw out there, right? It's, it's seven times, you know, right. Cost seven times greater to bring in a new customer than to keep it existing. Right. So you think about it, you're, you're, you're trying to retain your current customer base, do your best. You're going to have customer churn regardless right? Because people are going to leave, they're going to sell their cars, right? Everything else. Think about quality control when your guys object in your shop and they say, no, I'm not going to do it. They're not going to spend the extra time, but you're going to, you're going to spend the money on the 1999 old change to get that customer in here. And then you're willing to lose them because you guys didn't reset the light or they didn't put the sticker in the windshield or they, so you just lost that lifetime value of that customer. And you've just lost that promotion you just put in just because of the fact that you don't want to put it in a QC process. Go ahead, Frank. It's exactly that. I had that guy. He was absolutely angry that not only did we find a problem, but brought it to his attention. And uh, how, how am I supposed to make money and all of this? And you know what? It's, it's, then you can't work here. If you don't want us checking the cars and you don't want us bringing it to your attention where we came up short so that you learn from it, it's no problem. You're out. And that's, those are tough decisions to make in today's environment of getting technicians. Joe, are you doing a, a digital vehicle inspection yet? Me? Oh, yeah. And you know what I keep hearing? I keep hearing from everybody, uh, you know, and I'll ask questions when I do an entrepreneur interview. You know, what did it take to put through? Well, it was a little tough and it takes time. And Frank, I think you may have nailed it. This is how we do business. This is how it is. This is what makes us unique and different and strong and successful. And our future, this is where we're headed. Is implementing a QC or even a DVI one of the biggest issues inside of a shop owner for making the decision because he's afraid that it's going to take too much time or his people aren't aren't going to adapt or accept the shop owner who's afraid is afraid of everything not just inspections and not just qc he's afraid of everything he's afraid of talking to that guy that comes in with liquor on his breath he's afraid of talking to that guy that throws wrenches across the room he's afraid of that customer that comes in and says how did this happen so he's afraid of everything. He's got to learn to find that inner strength. He's got to educate himself. Stop being that guy and start being the guy that's going to be the businessman and the leader of the company. Become the CEO. And if not, there's no future there, do you think? That's the guy who runs the shop that's running week to week on his sales. And he's got no future and he's getting burned out. And he'd rather cut his own head off than face another day of the troubles in, a, in the life of a shop owner. And it's not easy, is it, Joe? No. You know, the, the QC in that, it's more, I think, in, in the implementation of it, and even with the DVI, the implementation of it's more, it's mental. It's not, 
I mean, how hard is it to create a checklist to, I mean, we all know what to check. I mean, that's just mechanics of it, right? That's, that's the easy stuff. It's the mental part of, you know, um, talking to your technicians and saying, yeah, I know it takes 25 minutes to do this DVI or however long it takes. Right. And th they're thinking, well, we're going to present like what Frank was saying, an estimate of a huge amount of money to the customer and they're going to freak out on their first visit and all that. It's not about that though, because again, if we're doing what we're supposed to do, serve our customers, help them with their vehicle, get, get that, uh, you know, that, that mom safely to, to ballet practice with her, with her daughter. That's really what we're doing, right? We're not, even, that's really what we're doing. And if you look at it as if you're presenting a, an estimate of $2,000 and they come in for maybe a brake job, right? Well, wouldn't it be better service to the customer that they knew there was $2,000 worth of work that needed to be done to that vehicle? And maybe they weren't even going to fix it because of that investment because they were ready to buy a new vehicle. Sure, it might not feel good on our part and that technician might lose hours during that sale, but that's the right thing to do. Good. Right. Yep. So. So it's again, it's the culture. It's the what are we here for? Why are we doing what we do? And I, and I always go back to that because it puts things in perspective that you got to make the, the 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 policies of the business. You got to make the 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 daily operations of the business focused on what the real thing is, the why we do what we do. And if we do that, we're going to do the right things long term, or we're going to win. Everybody's going to win. I mean, how many times have you sacrificed in your business by? you know, for the moment of doing the right thing and maybe lost money only to find out a week, two, three weeks later, you just get rewarded with blessings because you've done the right thing. So again, it may be a little deep for quality control, but it, I think it really is important to know that, you know, when we're hiring our people and put, putting them in the positions that we're putting them in, that they ha they think like we, we think. And if they think like we think, they, they eventually will, it might be a little bit of a learning curve, but they'll, they'll get on board with quality control checks and they won't be offended and take it personally when we find something wrong. And, and the same thing with the DVI and doing the inspections and presenting, you know, finding all, everything we find during the inspection and estimating everything that we find and presenting everything that we find and not be afraid of the rejection from the customer. Because again, it's to their benefit, whether they realize it or not, it's to their benefit. We have to do our job right. I mean, what would we do with a doctor that knew something that was wrong and yeah. didn't tell us because he didn't want to feel bad about telling us. I mean, for real? Come on. I can't help but think that DVI and QC, and I, I, I kind of want to bundle them together. I don't know why, but in my mind, they seem to be sisters and brothers here because the, the DVI really helps you ensure the quality of work, uh, the expectations of the work, what's really wrong with the vehicle. And then once you fix whatever, you know, you got authorized, there is a process. This is a process. QC is a process. It seems like to me it's the new standard, and and there seems to have be a d defining line that says shop owners can't do DVI and QC quick enough. Going back to what both of them said, leader, I think one of the biggest issues that we really have to is is leadership. Right, we we get in control of these shops, we we become owners of these shops, and we don't know what leadership means. We 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 think leadership means command and control. We point, you do, right? We we don't right accountability, right? I mean, you know, I love what Joe says. Hey, let's make sure. You know, name my shop's called Golden Rule Auto Care, right? Our our company vision is do on others as you'd have them do unto you, right? It's easy, right? That everybody gets that it's, but holding people accountable to that, right? Is different, right? And like Frank was saying, there's guys out there that are just, they're scared, right? They've never really led, they've never really managed, right? So 
I'll agree with you, Carm, that, that digital makes the process easier. But even if you're going paper, it's still a process. Process, in, in my opinion, takes longer with paper, even though you'll have an argument with a tech and he says, no, I can, I can chicken scratch faster than I can type. Well, that's up for debate, right? Yeah. But, but the process itself needs to be in place whether you have digital or whether you don't have digital. I think like you, you go back to, are you going to set yourself a sh- uh, apart and your processes <clears throat> and the way you manage and the way you lead your shop, I think, are what define what people see on the outside. And going back to what Frank said at the very beginning, your reputation is 100% on the line now. It doesn't matter if you want to be online or not. You're online because people are leaving those Yelp reviews. They're leaving those Google reviews and you can't get rid of them. So the whole process needs to be in place. That in process, right? What we're talking about, quality control, is very, very key to making sure that customer once again gets their car in better shape than it came in. And I want to follow up on what Joe said a little bit because I had written an article and I posted it on LinkedIn about why every car should be inspected. And the very first line I, in that article, it says, it's not about the money. The article talks about the moral component. We have a moral obligation to treat our customers as we would our family. I had a situation in my life where my sister called up at two o'clock in the morning, my husband's beat me up, can somebody come get me? Now, imagine your customer gets that phone call and you don't tell them about that hose that's about to burst. You don't tell them about that timing about that's overdue. You don't tell them about that problem that's on the car and they get halfway to go rescue somebody and can't make it. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that shop owner. Even DVI, digital vehicle inspection, is not as important as how do I measure the product I'm giving my customers. Where is my moral obligation to my customers? Because quite frankly, and I teach my guys this, it's not my car, it's not my money, it's not my problem. But I have to tell them everything I've discovered, I have to estimate all of my discoveries, and I have to give them the opportunity to step up or step out. And, and, and I think, Joe, you said it earlier, how dare I put a $500 brake job on a car that needs $2,000 worth of suspension work? It doesn't make any sense. So we do, it's a bigger picture, and it's that entire process start to finish. Excellent work. I had asked the question earlier, can QC be applied to any other processes inside the business? Ticket birth to death, right? I mean, just your quality of, 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 of write-ups, ticket. And, and I learned this from another trainer, right? I mean, the, the ticket where, where it started from the customer write-up, are you auditing that process? Are you quality controlling that process from the time that it got wrote, written up? What did the service writer, did he address the problem? Did he write it up properly? Then when it made it out to the base, did the guy not only address the problem of what needed to be fixed? Did he write up the safety issues? Did he write up the maintenance issues? Is he always writing up the same things over and over again, right? Then when it came back in to the shop, Did that stuff get sold? Did it get presented to the customer? And then what was sold? So just that process, birth to death of the ticket, I think is another process that you can can audit. You can quality control this and make sure. And what do you find? You find that service writers might not be presenting all the information. And just like the guys mentioned, if you don't present that you're, hey, Carm, you come in for a checkup and you're about to have a heart attack, but I'm not going to tell you that because... You know, all you came in was was for whatever, to get your eyes checked or whatever. Bad analogy, but y'all know what I'm saying. So you can tell, is that person presenting all that information? Is the technician writing up the vehicle properly? Is he writing up all the things on the vehicle? And you have guys that have a tendency to write up the same things over and over again. So if you, you audit this birth to death of the ticket, I think that's another place you can use quality control, right, in that whole process ticket write-up. Yes, you can apply quality control to every single aspect from – you know, how your website's built to how you answer the phone and, and, and to how the vehicle's delivered to the, you know, if it, is it vacuumed correctly. But uh, one for me, one that I really like to pay attention to is the, the phone call. 
right? Listening to the phone calls that come in and quality checking those. And you learn so much. Just, I mean, you, you learn about, you know, because we don't think like the customers think. So, so for one, you can learn so much from, you know, what exactly our customers trying to, to ask us. But then on the other side, listen to our advisors and our teammates and how they're responding and what questions are they asking the customer? Are they, you know, just some of the things that they should be doing, right? Did they ask for the appointment? Right. Did they give the customer mm-hmm. options on uh, did, did they say, would you like to come in or did they say, would Tuesday or Thursday at 1 p.m. or 3 p.m. be better for you? You know, things like that. Are they getting the, the customer to let them know where, where they heard of us? Right. Because if they don't come in, how are we ever going to know realistically how they how they even heard of us? Was it Yelp? Was it Facebook? Was it what was it? Their friend, their brother, your very best customer. And then they go tell them they weren't treated right on the phone and that that's why they didn't come in. So there's, it's so important to, to quality control check that, that phone call. It's probably one of the next to fixing the car right and making sure it's safe. That's one of the most important uh, aspects of quality control that there can be because you can listen to it. You can record it. You, you can have it recorded. You can listen to it and you can just dissect that. So that's something that I, I really pay attention to and I think is so important because because it's, it's very trackable. You have the actual recording. So. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. A few weeks back, we did a, um, a, a an academy on what happens when the phone rings. So anyone wants to go out and piggyback on what Joe uh, just said, go on, go to the learning page and check that out. You know, I think about uh, the parts procurement process and how important that is to all this in- great internal workflow. You guys got any great experience with, you know, improving that? I've coached shops that would spend hours making phone calls looking for the cheapest price and and i had to teach them that all right you all right you're getting 50 percent gross profit let's throw round numbers out because i'm kind of simple and i need easy numbers so if you get 50 percent gross profit on a 40 dollars part that's 20 dollars in gross profit dollars but you found that part for you know 15 or 10 dollars now you're getting 10 dollars gross profit dollars what did you save you didn't save anything stop shopping on price you will have customers who stop shopping you on price and start looking for quality so that's a great segue into having a process in your parts procurement that is quality different every aspect can be drilled down to a process that has a quality result and how do you measure it and it shouldn't just be measured in percentages or dollars it needs to be measured in you know why do i have a three-year warranty because i have all the confidence in the world in the quality of parts that i'm using on a car and i think anybody else would probably agree who's in charge of qc in the company that would be me you too chris i want my guys at the front counter to take ownership of and i actually want everybody in the shop but when it comes to accountability yes it's me and the and the manager of my shop that that we talk about the, the results, right? So I, I get them daily. I get them weekly. If, if, there's, if there's pattern failure that we're seeing that's causing us issue, we address that before the monthly meeting, right? Because it's very important not to wait a month when something's happening. You know, you, you got to catch it while it's early. If you, if you mold your guys and you, and you make them understand what their responsibilities are early, you don't have to correct bad habits later, yeah. right? So then we go in the monthly meeting and then we do a generalized session of, look, you know, do we need to improve this? Like, why are why is this happening? For instance, one of the issues that we came across was they weren't floor mats in the car, and we we're finding out well, well, why are they not floor mats? We want the quality control person to pull the floor mat, right? We don't want the customer to because there's no trash can for them to pull in. But we know that that car is done. It's one of the things. Of course, we talked to one of our technicians, and he says, "Oh, well, I was pulling them because I was making it easier for you guys." Well, no, don't, right? I mean, we want that. I don't want you. I don't want grease on their even though their floor mat might look like 
you know, greasy mess to you, that customer knows what that floor mat looks like coming in and out. Yeah. So don't pull it until we're ready to pull it, right? Don't do it, right? So, th- so I own it, but, but you know, I want my manager to own it and I want everybody in the shop. I mean, I know that's everybody needs to own it. I mean, that's, a, that's kind of a silly statement. I'm going to hold them accountable and hold my manager accountable. My manager is going to hold, you know, my people accountable, even to the technicians. Once again, my technicians were like, when we first started it, one of the things that happened, once they got past the trust issue, then they started allowing, you know, QC to, to cover all their sins, their multitude of sins. It's like, oh, we don't need a, we don't need to clean the cars anymore or wipe down our work, or we don't need to worry about this because somebody's going to come after me and do it. Well, no, we said, you've got to do your job. And your job is the first part of quality control. Go test drive it. Go make sure you've gotten the tools out of it. Make sure it's wiped down, right? Because we're still going to hold you accountable to when you don't do the job right. Now we're going to find it. But so everybody in the shop has to buy in. Um, I love one of the comments in here is, is that's it. If you don't have something to measure, then, then, and then you're not going to manage it. And if you don't have buy-in from your guys because you believe in it strongly, then, then it's not going to happen. And, and as mo- owners and leaders, more importantly leaders, what we focus on too is what gets done, right? If we say, go do a QC process, you throw it at you know, Dave in your shop and say, make it happen – that's not going to happen. We know that Dave's he's going to go back to his daily routine of what Dave's comfortable with. And he's not going to put that process in place for you. Every time I do one of these, I always say at the end, you guys knocked it out of the park. And it's because you volunteer for the subject because you're passionate about it. And uh, I have to tell you, this was another excellent. I, I really do want you, any one of you to uh, possibly have the last word. If there's anything you want to say to sum this thing up, because I know we, we covered a lot of area, but I think this was almost like a beautiful drill for anyone who is suffering from wanting to have better quality, wanting to improve their processes. You know, the, the 50 minutes with this academy and a yellow pad hopefully would inspire many people that haven't made the leap or are struggling with reputation and retention uh, to do it. So thank you all. Let me start here. Joe, I'll give you, uh, you know, anything you'd like to say to someone who needs to do more QC. So I think the the main thing for quality controls, we got to understand that it starts with you, with me, with whoever's in charge of that shop is who it starts with. And then the implementation of that because it starts with you sometimes can be difficult. So sometimes you have to, you know, almost build yourself so that you can implement these things into your business. Uh, and you know, what you, what you tolerate is what you promote really. So if you're, if you're tolerating mediocre quality, that's actually what you're promoting is mediocre quality and you're misleading everybody. So it's important that we take the responsibility and just, you know, pull up the bootstraps and say, all right, this is, it's game time. I have a business. It's my responsibility to take care and serve my customers. I have to do what I have to do to make that happen and get the right people that are on board that'll help me make that happen. So that's what I would say. Thank you, Joe. Frank? Your business is an entity and you need to think of it that way. And at one point, you need to separate yourself emotionally from it. But the on the other side, you have to have a spirit of love. You have to love people. You have to love helping. You have to have a certain amount of love that just oozes out of you to make it all work, right? But remember, it's, it's an entity that's providing for you and it's providing for your family and for the families of the people that come in and for the services that we're providing for our customers. So for, for me, it's just, you have to have that basis in your heart. And if there's something wrong there, nothing gets fixed. So something to think about. Very good. Thanks, Chris. 
Last word. Last word. I'd say quality control. First, define your process. Sit down with your team. Get buy-in from your team, right? Make them understand that it's, in, it's important and let them determine some of the items you're going to quality control. Come up with a checklist, whether it's digital or whether it's paper. I have a paper when I can send you a car that can be downloaded, right? Then define what you're going to do, how many cars you're going to QC, what's, what's your goals, what's your metrics, what, what are you going to measure, right? And then hold everybody accountable. When you define what list is going to be done, what cars are going to be QC'd, then you, if you're not doing monthly meetings, you're not doing daily meetings, then you better start. I think you should start and you definitely start with monthly. I like daily meetings too, right? Hold those guys accountable and, and, and show them, right? This is positive, right? This is a good thing. Um, ROI, once again, you have 400 cars. I mean, there, there's, if you lose 10% of your customer base based off of bad quality control, that's $80,000 a year to $100,000 a year. I can't lose that money, right? There's dollars that are, are associated with those customers. So show your, your, your people that it makes a difference and then show your customers that, hey, we're different because we have this process. Get on the mountain, tell the world. Tell the there world. There you go. <laughs> Chris Glodier, Frank Skander, or Joe Hansen, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank Thanks you. for having me. It was awesome. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time, 